You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Buckeye fans, and welcome to another episode of the Bucknuts Happy Hour. I am Patrick Murphy here from Bucknuts and 24-7 Sports, and boy, does the news just keep on rolling in. We recorded a podcast, Bucknuts Happy Hour, last Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday of this week, January 24th, and man, a lot has already changed from the last time I talked to you guys. So we're going to break down what's happened here. Talk a little bit about what that means for the Buckeyes and additionally kind of what what happens if this sort of all-in approach by Ohio State this offseason, first of all, what that means and, and what happens if it doesn't work. Uh, so we'll get into all that, but we don't have him for a long time, but we've got him for a good time. Timmy Hall from the Buckeye Show on 97.1 The Fan. Tim, you have new titles now, right, too, over there at The Fan? Should I start listing them all off? They did. They did make me a bit of an assistant manager yeah. at the start of the new year. Can hey, you believe that, Pat? Cheers to that. Uh, cheers. I'm, the the way the way that I the way that I dress, making me an assistant manager. Look, what are they I, nuts? I think you just out of their minds. I don't think the the attire necessarily matches the uh, or has to match the work ethic and uh, abilities. And we know you've got both of those. So. Look, I think it's going to wear a satin George Brett era Royals jacket to work has to be OK. Right. I, You know what? I for a jumping off point, somebody showed me this about our boy, Will Howard. Now, who, you know, as we've talked about him on the shows, I'm I'm not convinced that Will Howard just yet 
is guaranteeing you a national championship. I still think that these are the interesting topics now with the, the team that Ohio State's assembled here in the last couple of weeks or everything that they brought back and then added. Yeah, you can't really turn a blind eye to that or or not have some pushing forward at least. Okay, so they did lose the Cotton Bowl like that, but I, I don't care. Like, it's been so good. But I will say about Will, someone showed me a little NIL deal that he had back in Kansas, and he skyrocketed in my book because he has been a ambassador of Jack Stack Barbecue. Anybody on here that has some Kansas City in their blood, I would hope to God they know how near and dear Jack Stack Barbecue is to my heart or anybody that went through that town. There's a lot of favorites, don't get me wrong, and there's some new ones since I've left that have popped up, like Kansas City Joe's, changed names. But if you have a chance to sit down for a nice meal, you know I will guarantee doing the mail order shipment from Jack Stacks. No one does the barbecue better than them if you're getting it through uh, shipping. But check them out. Will Howard had a little deal with them, so that's pretty good. He knows how to eat well, and I think when you look at this guy, he has got size, and he will use his legs a little bit. Just Kansas City barbecue coming at you. Look out. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the team in 2024. They still got to go out there and prove it. So there's some, some nerves and some pressure that comes along with it. Well, Tim, I know you didn't come on the show last week, but we, as I said, we recorded on Thursday. And some more of those pieces that have people talking national championship for the Buckeyes started to come together Thursday night. We'll just kind of go in order here of, of when these guys – uh, announced when decisions were announced for the Buckeyes. Um, Bill O'Brien was uh, reported, and I want to give credit where credit is due to Dave Biddle, my coworker, a guy who helps you guys out at the fan. Dave called me and said, Bill O'Brien's happening. And then he basically hung up because he had to put a story together real quick. Uh, that was, and he posted on our message boards, that was two minutes before the Pete Thamel tweet came out. So props to Dave for uh, having that getting that information and getting it out there to uh, the Bucknut subscribers. Um, Tim, what was your initial reaction to Bill O'Brien and has it changed at all since you've kind of given some thought to it, let it kind of digest a little bit more? I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a swing, right? It's, it's a big name. It's a splash hire. This is a guy that's head coach of the Houston Texans. He's got more NFL experience than Ryan day. So you look at it that at that point, I mean, he's coached the Texans, was not a disaster there by any stretch. He had Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they wanted a little bit more in the end, and that that was the deal. Uh, I, I thought maybe his best coaching job was the mess that he took over at Penn State with the the time period that he was coaching in. And, you know, the the eight and four season that he had at Penn State right out of the gates when people were talking about death penalty for the program, and they're just trying to field a football team. Wound up with uh, you know a, a high five star quarterback that stayed there in Christian Hackenberg, and he he did some things in those two years. It's, it's nothing like you would expect at Ohio State, but again, you've got to look at what the circumstances were. See the name the name that I started to to hear before I had any idea that that Bill O'Brien was even a dream was Jason Candle up at Toledo, and I I've always liked him, and I know that's bringing in Jason Candle and bringing in uh, Bill O'Brien are two completely different types of hires with what the resumes are. So where that is, I also understand there are a couple different ways to look at Bill O'Brien. Some might say, you know, yes, your resume is what it is. You've had some great numbers. PFF ranked him as the number one 
offensive coordinator in pro football going into the season, which I thought was unusual since he just spent the last two seasons out of the league at Alabama. But either way, his experience with the Patriots, his experience at Alabama, two years there, really good offenses. But you've also been coaching with the two greatest football coaches ever, maybe. That should make you a better coach. So that's one way that you would look at that. I I think it's a good hire, right? I'm I'm a little bit coming off of what my initial reaction was on the night that we thought that Bill O'Brien was going to be a possibility because he does have a little bit of that personality to him where you look at him and he he looks like he wants to kick everyone's ass around him. He has he has that face about him where he looks like he wants to fight you all the time. And so maybe that rubs people the wrong way. You talked to some Alabama fans, there were some things with the offense that they weren't entirely happy with it almost sounds like our fans here at Ohio State where you could be winning games and even scoring 40 points per game but you will find some things to be agitated about or things that could actually be better but all in all Pat that's a big name and I think it's the most important hire Ryan Day's ever made because of where we are right now and what's got to be done this season whoa boy Bill O'Brien has got to be awesome. It's got to be a home run hire. I I can't say that it is here January 24th, but that's what he's got to be for Ryan Day. I agree. When when word first started circulating that Bill O'Brien might be in the mix for this position, my initial thoughts were, okay, like that's interesting. Uh, You know, obviously I was familiar with what he did at Penn State, having, you know, covered um, around that time. I knew what he'd done with the Texans going to the playoffs four times with the roster that, that wasn't great. Let's be honest. Defense was good, better than the offense. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, until they got to Sean Watson. Uh, so I, I was initially just mildly OK. You know, I didn't have any expectations as I then looked into it more and really kind of dug into Bill Bryan and what he'd done and what he is as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. To me, and I said this on, uh, I did an Instagram live late Thursday night after this came out because I felt like I wanted to talk about this more after writing. And uh, to me, this checks pretty much all of the boxes that Ohio State needs in an offensive coordinator. It may not be the best offensive coordinator hire in the country. It may not be the sexiest, but you didn't need that because you still have Ryan Day and this offense has already been put in place. You need a guy who can handle the meeting rooms, call the plays on Saturday. Uh, I've heard a lot of people describe it as be the adult in the room with younger guys. Uh, You know, Brian Hartline, Justin Fry, even Ryan Day, who let's not pretend is is all that old or that experienced. So I think Bill O'Brien makes a lot of sense from that perspective. And to your point about ass kickings, somebody uh, the next day responded to that Instagram live and said, you know, asked if. I thought that uh, his personality um, of being kind of a jackass would be a bad thing. And I said, maybe they need, or it was an asshole. That's what they said. I said, maybe yeah, they, hey, fine. Yeah. Maybe they need, need an asshole on this way. team. Yeah, exactly. You, you've had, you know, Ryan day and there's nothing wrong with this, but he preaches love and family. And, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of good feelings around the program and everything. Urban Meyer was a completely different coach and maybe they need a little bit of that, you know, hard love, tough love, so to speak. Bill O'Brien certainly seems like a guy who can, uh, can give that to the Buckeyes. Let let me say, it's a great point. That's a really great point, Pat, for all the people that want to 
and, and they're not wrong. Mind you, I say this and, and you're not wrong. If you've questioned toughness and you've questioned physicality and dominance up front, one of the commenters here, Mark, says none of this is going to matter if the offensive line stinks. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So to go backwards to what we t- we know a lot of players, you and I, right, through doing these jobs that played for Urban Meyer and some of the stories they tell us just about, I mean, whether it's Joshua Perry saying, I don't think I ever felt safe in my job, just knowing that I was playing for Urban Meyer. I, I, I had to be on it every single time. Tyvis Powell, right? One mistake. You're going to get an earful from Urban Meyer like you're letting the whole team down and letting everybody down. So they do. They need it. I, I'm I'm completely with you on that. We can keep arguing about is Bill O'Brien overall the right type of hire because of what he's actually going to do for you offensively. That, I it, again, back to what I said, he's always been underneath really, really good coaches. You can point to you know, they got blasted in the national championship game, which that's what we're going to be looking for. We can't get to the national championship game with this kind of team and then get blasted. That is what happened, uh, Alabama and Georgia, right? And the development of Mac Jones did not keep going north this past this one year that he had in New England. And again, I don't want to I wasn't that into the situation to dump it all on bill o'brien but watching new england patriots football was i'd rather have blood pouring out of both of my eyeballs than to watch new england patriots football this last year so again it could go either way but as far as the attitude style i'm ready i'm ready for that yeah be an asshole come come in here and ruffle some feathers and get guys a little bit more on edge than what they've been in the recent past one day after the bill o'brien hiring Uh, actually it was the day it was officially announced that he was retired that night. I am actually at dinner on a double date because you can't do anything these days without uh, Ohio state news, interrupting things. Um, Caleb downs, the number one player in the transfer portal, former Alabama safety announces his commitment to Ohio state. Tim, how did, how did that news reach your ears and what, uh, what was your reaction to the Buckeyes landing a guy who was the freshman All-American last season? I It was sort of a pinch me type of thing, right? Is that how it was for you? Where I think when they landed Caleb Downs, it just it jumped to a different kind of level with what they've been doing. You're like, okay, we get it. They're going to throw their weight around a little bit more. They got, you know, the the offensive lineman that can't snap a football. So there's there's some sense of island of misfit toys with some of these guys, right? Will Howard, you know, was said as he was thinking about the NFL, but Will, I mean, come on, were you really were you really thinking about the NFL? If you can come be a quarterback at Ohio State, develop a little bit more and you know, make a deep run and possibly be the guy. This is not an opportunity that comes around every time to be the QB at, at OSU. Quinshawn Judkins maybe did maybe did that too. I don't want to leave that part of it out. That was a mammoth kind of get. But I guess when you already got someone like Quinshawn Judkins, you're thinking about maybe getting an equal or better type of talent on the other side of the football. Both transfers, so neither of these guys are inexperienced. They both played for power programs in the SEC. It was it was incredible. But then again, Pat, you want to. We'll talk about fit. We'll talk about how all these players can coexist together. I, I'm i not too concerned about that on the front end. If you have incredible talent like that that wants to join your team, you welcome them with open arms. And just for a freshman to have that many tackles. 107. That, that's not something that you see every day. That 
I mean, you don't really see, you know, true freshman offensive linemen get in there and play. Maybe maybe as, as a DB, you got a better shot to come in and play a little bit as a true freshman. But to start like that and be that talented and lead the team in tackles at Alabama, awfully impressive. He is an awfully impressive player. I remember after one of the noon games at Ohio Stadium this year, there's a area behind where we sit during the games where there's a bunch of TVs. A lot of people sit down there and write, especially for the games where there's other games on afterwards. And Alabama was playing, and I don't remember what game it was, but I remember one of the the writers at another outlet looked over and was like, man, he was like this close coming to Ohio State. Like imagine him in this secondary and somebody else joked that Jim Knowles probably wouldn't play him because he's a freshman. And, you know, but point was, that was right. Uh, that was when I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, just watching him play um, in that game. I think he had an interception, which is what sparked the conversation. Fast forward a few months. He commits to Ohio State. Now, obviously, Nick Saban has to retire in order to put all this in motion. Right. And, and allow guys to enter the transfer portal and guys want to enter the transfer portal. But after we got our stories posted and, and everything. I texted Bill Curlick, our recruiting guy, and I just said, I, I, I'm honestly astonished, amazed that they just landed a guy in Caleb Downs. Not only because he's so talented, but because he's from Georgia and his position coach at Alabama just left and took a job at Georgia. I mean, everybody thought he was going to Georgia. Ryan Day, Tim Walton, and, and maybe a couple other coaches went down, visited him at his home, convinced him that Ohio State was the place for him. And look, this fills the only hole really left in the secondary with Denzel Burke, uh, Jordan Hancock, and Lathan Ransom coming back. You needed that safety to replace Josh Proctor. Now, you you did have some options in there in terms of what to do, but now Caleb Downs comes in. That's the fit right there. And now your secondary is not only Cole, but probably even better than it was a year ago. And that's no insult to to, uh, Josh Proctor. It's just Caleb Downs is a is an incredible player back there. You know, there's a you know there's a next step in the evolution of this defense, though, right? Yeah. And so year one, they did what they did, and they gave up some big plays, right? They took some risks, but they also weren't they weren't hitting home runs enough in year one. It just it wasn't it wasn't the best, right? It was you were you were looking for a lot more with what you'd heard about Jim Knowles and the type of numbers that his defense was putting up at a place like Oklahoma State. So everybody thought, okay, you're at the better OSU. You've got better talent. You're going to be able to work some magic. We heard about the Leo, right, or the Jack, which Jack Sawyer was maybe a little bit uncomfortable and out of position in that year one. Year two, they basically committed to not giving up anything over the top. But they also didn't produce very many sacks. They didn't produce very many interceptions or forced fumbles. That's next. That's next. You cannot be outside the top 100 at Ohio State in turnovers gained. You just can't. There's there's going to need to be a balance, and you're going to have to do it while maintaining that thing that you built, not giving up deep plays. You're going to be expected to keep that, but also just be smart enough to dial up the right kinds of things at opportune times throughout football games. They just have to. They, they have to increase those numbers. As they said in Wolf of Wall Street, those were rookie numbers. You got to pump those numbers up. You got to pump them up. Caleb Downs last year at Alabama had two interceptions, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. No player on Ohio State had had more than two turnovers, and that was Jordan Hancock, 
who yeah. had two interceptions. So I mean, what the Buckeyes have interceptions wise on the season? Seven, maybe total. They had uh, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven. Seven interceptions. Yeah. Not good. Not good enough. No. And unless unless you had fumble. thirteen fumble recoveries, yeah, four fumble recoveries. Yeah, so. it's not it's just not good enough. Plain and simple. And I get it. Like the the total defense was good, but yeah. we lost the Michigan game. It was what it was. And again, like it, you could have played a clean football game, right? Kyle McCord's early interception at where it was on the field threw everything off schedule. But if you got a defense that can create havoc and jar the ball loose a couple times, get that pick. Uh, everything can change. It's game-changing, season-changing type of stuff when you, you have a defense that can do that. And, look, we, we we know they got dudes, right? We know they got guys that will be capable. They just got to be put into those positions and let them pin their ears back and dial up stuff and, uh, and let them fly around a little bit more than they did last year. Yeah, and this is nothing new. You know, this won't come as news to players at Ohio State. They talked at the end of the year before the Michigan game, before the Cotton Bowl, about needing more turnovers. And so I think this will certainly help adding Caleb Downs. Tim, I know you can't stay too much longer, so I want to get this. Uh, Sunday evening, Julian Sayan, the quarterback who briefly was at Alabama, is technically a transfer but was part of the 2024 class. Uh, he commits to Ohio State out of the transfer portal. He joins now four other quarterbacks in that room, including Aaron Nolan, who is a member of that class. What did you make of Ohio State electing to bring in Julian Sayan, who, let's be honest, one of the top quarterbacks, if not the top quarterback in the 2024 class? But what did you make of that? I like the move, if you can do it. Again, this is an opportunity that you did not think was going to be there, but Nick Saban's retirement. And again, that doesn't mean that these guys have to transfer out, but if they're going to poke around or peek around and look at what's out there, it's really interesting, right, that a guy would – leave Alabama when he's already committed. I mean, Jalen Milrow, I, I don't know if he's looking at Milrow's roadmap and how many, if he's going to stay another year beyond 2000, the 2024 season. So maybe that came into play. They're looking at a bunch of different things, right? I'm sure Julian's saying and his family, they have all these talks. NIL obviously comes in to be a part of it. And look, as far as what the quarterback room is at, at Ohio State, I know we might not know what our quarterback roadmap looks like now when the you know spring window opens i certainly expect a devin brown or somebody else will hop in it lincoln keenholes maybe but as far as two freshmen to pick from and to have guys battle that are in the same class i kind of like that you have air noland and julian sam pushing each other to get better every step of the way well we assume will howard with the, all this experience will be the guy one and done for 2024 so pat i just the old Iron sharpens iron saying, if guys are going to transfer down the road, so be it. That's the way the game goes right now. But bring them in, and then that way, hopefully, you don't have this issue where it was Devin Brown and Kyle McCord, and neither guy looked to be outstanding. Hopefully, you got two guys that are outstanding football players, and you can't even make a wrong decision. But like like it always goes, though, hopefully someone will separate. You pick that guy, and the rest is history. Yeah, I think – this will be interesting. Uh, Tim, I just want one question more. I'm going to go back to the Julian saying thing after you get off, but I've had a couple people in the comments. I'm sure you've seen them talking about if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan and the transfer portal opens for Michigan players, how are you in terms of letting guys or recruiting guys from Michigan that may enter the portal 
to Ohio State? How do you feel about that? Does it make you feel dirty to recruit a Michigan no. guy? Does it matter to you? I used to care about stuff like that. I don't know if I do anymore. I mean, it's not like it would be the first time that that had ever happened. And I think if anything, it it's a good thing to throw back at Michigan. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they would do it, the fact that the Michigan players would do it, that almost gives you sort of like a jolt of energy as a Buckeye. Like you won a you won a national championship with them. You were part of the team that started to kick our ass, and now you want to join us. All right, come on down, come on down. We'll have you, and then we'll bench your ass if you're not playing up to your potential. <laughs> That's kind of where I thought you'd go with it. All right, Tim. I know you got stuff you got to do over there at the fan. So thank you for jumping on and yep. not letting me just talk to myself here for a while. Uh, I appreciate your insight as always. All right. Yeah, we'll uh, and I'll I'll have uh, our in-house former Houston Texan Devere Posey on the show nice. tonight uh, at six o'clock. So uh, we hadn't really talked about the Bill O'Brien move with him yet. So we'll hit on that and the crazy off season that has been, and also what's up with Buckeye basketball right now after that dreadful second half against Nebraska. I don't know if they can win a road game. I just not predicting it at this point. Yeah. That's something you and I can, uh, can talk about at more depth later on when you have more time. We'll do that at some point. Once the football news finally slows down, we'll, we'll get to some basketball talk. Yeah. And everybody, thanks for the time. Uh, you'll enjoy Pat here. I mean, Pat's got far better things to say than I do. So look at his lovely red beard if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the things that are coming out of his mouth. Mm. <laughs> All right, everyone. Go Bucks. Beer. Yeah, and enjoy your beer. I, I never get one. Sucks, but someday to be at work all the time. Enjoy, Pat. All right. Thanks, Tim. All right. Thanks for Tim for jumping on again for 20 or so minutes here. Busy guy. Even busier now, as he mentioned. Uh, promotion, new title, whatever you want to call it over there at the fan. Um, all right. I want to go back to the last two things we talked about there with Tim. Give kind of my thoughts on uh the Julian saying move. And, and we'll talk about some Michigan things. We can talk about that more down the road. If, if, and when Jim Harbaugh does indeed uh, become an NFL head coach. So initially I was a little skeptical when reports came out and that includes guys at our own company at 24 seven sports who I respect and think do a really good job started reporting or crystal balling uh, Julian saying and Ohio state to me, it was a move that I did not see Ryan Day making because I've listened to Ryan Day over the last, I don't know, three, four years of the transfer portal, talk about the culture and the family atmosphere in the program um, and, you know, wanting to develop guys and not wanting to talk to guys, commit to them, have them commit to you, and then you go out and recruit somebody who you decide is better before they have that opportunity. And with Julian saying a unique situation here with Nick Saban retiring and, and the way the transfer portal rules are right now, you just had air Nolan sign his letter of intent and arrive on campus uh, a few weeks before the first day of the early sign or a few days, maybe even before first day of the early signing period, Ryan day visited air Nolan at home, we don't know what those conversations were, but I don't imagine they were, hey, we may recruit another quarterback in your class. Now, again, things change. 
Julian Sayan was someone the Buckeyes were very interested in after Dylan Riola decommitted. He was already committed to Alabama, stuck with that commitment. Attention shifted to Aaron Nolan. Aaron Nolan commits to Ohio State. Uh, so for me, I think this does indicate a further shift from Ryan Day. And I think you have to handle this pretty delicately. I wrote about this uh, after the, the commitment on Sunday from Julian Sayan. I've talked to multiple play, parents, um, players that, you know, through recruiting that have talked to me about, okay, you visit, you visit these, these great schools, right? You visit Ohio state, you visit Alabama, you visit LSU, you visit whoever it is and you see the, the facilities and they're all great. And then you see, you hear more or less the same stuff about what it's going to be like to play football there. And a number of people have told me that the, the idea of this like family, I'm going to take care of your kid, those type of things. It's different at Ohio state. And I think under Ryan day, that's, that's real. I think, you know, urban Meyer developed this brotherhood concept that everyone talks about. And that was the thing where they all came together and not to say that guys didn't, you know, the coaches didn't care about players or anything under urban. That's not what I'm saying, but just Ryan day has this approach of, of, you know, loyalty, so to speak to these kids and wanting them to develop. And when they've recruited guys out of the transfer portal, it's been more because they didn't have somebody now you know, that, that you could do. Now, Justin Fields, you know, you did recruit a little bit over Tate Martell, but I think that was a case of like, Tate's probably not going to play quarterback for us going forward. And you look at Tate's career, no offense to him, quarterback did not work out. So I think that was recognizing what was available there. This is a different scenario. Um, you know, you, you've got, you just recruited Will Howard. So you've got your starter next year, most likely. You have Devin Brown. You have Lincoln Keenholz. You have Aaron Nolan in the 2024 class, a very talented kid. Now you go and get Justin Sayan. And so for me, that that represented a bit of a shift. And you have to handle those conversations with current players, current players' families. And there were some, you know, on social media, some frustrated families out there that, that voiced their opinions. Um, and you have to handle that with recruits going forward about how you want to, you know, how you, how you can't say that the culture is going to be one way and then do something different. Now, as I've thought about this more, I think you look at the quarterback position in 2024 and you realize guys are going to leave. And the best way to guarantee that you have a talented quarterback room, not only a starter, but a backup who could come in and play for you if you need, maybe even a third guy as we've seen at Ohio state uh, that, that can be ready is to stack that talent as much as possible and be ready in case something happens. And I think that's what ultimately was the decision here with Ohio state was a Julian saying they believe is really good. And Aaron Nolan, they also still believe is really good, but this was a guy that you couldn't pass up. If you let him go, you, you know, you said, no, thanks. We're good with what we have. He probably goes to USC and now you have to deal with him for the next three, four years as USC comes to the big 10, they have their quarterback probably of the future there. So look, I think you, Ryan day has taken a calculated risk with a guy like Julian saying by saying, we're going to take these guys that we think are going to make our program better. It's not just him. They've done it been bits and pieces, you know, they didn't need to recruit Seth McLaughlin from Alabama, right? You you had Carson Hinsman coming back. 
you, you, you know, it's not like that was a home run after the, the bad snaps this year. So, you know, you could have had uh, Carson Hinsman work this offseason to get better. There's some other guys in the room, um, Joshua Padilla, who could, could be a center for you. No, but they chose to go get a guy. You could have worked with Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz this offseason and decided to work, you know, to, to see how much they improve. No, they decided to go out and get Will Howard. Uh, you could have, you know, stuck with, at the very least, Dallin Hayden. And now we know Travion Henderson at running back. But Ohio State elected to go out and get the top transfer running back in Quinshawn Judkins uh, out of the transfer portal. So there's been this shift already. But I think the the uh, Julian Sayan uh, recruitment, so to speak, was probably the most apparent in this shift in philosophy of Ryan Day. Um, and, you know, he is not one that's going to come in and play right away. Some of these other those other guys I mentioned are all guys that are going to impact 2024. Julian Sayan's a guy now you're recruiting for the future. And, you know, the guys that thought they were the future now have a little bit more competition. And look, I think competition's good. And you hope that those guys believe that too in that quarterback room. And this kind of brings me to the, the next big topic I wanted to hit on, which is going all in, so to speak, on 2024. And, you know, I, I've used the metaphor pushing your chips Pushing Ryan Day, pushing all his chips to the center of the table, going all in with the talent coming back um, and the, the the pressure, so to speak, from losing to Michigan the last three seasons and not winning a Big Ten title. This is a huge year for Ryan Day. You've also got a new athletic director coming in this summer, a guy who spoke very highly of Ryan Day during his introductory press conference, but a guy who didn't hire Ryan Day and will want to make sure that this football program, he stood up there and said, football is king. You want to make sure this football program is going in the right direction. You don't want to have a season where you lose to Michigan again, or you don't win the big 10 or whatnot. And so it, it is clear that Ryan day has made a conscious effort to go up for it in 2024. And, you know, I think this may be, I could be wrong here. Uh, certainly other programs have have recruited the transfer portal heavily, but with the guys coming back and the guys you've added from the transfer portal, you know, going to get a guy like Bill O'Brien, even if that means moving Corey Dennis to a yet-to-be-determined role um, or letting Corey Dennis walk if that ended up being the situation, you have said 2024 has to be um, the year. But what if it's not? Where do you go from there? Uh, you look – I think professional sports are the best way to look at this because we just haven't had enough time to see many college programs do this. But, you know, you look at teams in the NFL, teams in the NBA, they, they make moves in the summer to get ready or the offseason to get ready for this year that, that they think they have everything to win a Super Bowl, to win an NBA title, uh, you know, the World's here, whatever it may be. And only one team can win at the end of the day, right? And, you know, if that team's not you, that becomes a failure. And I've already talked to multiple people that have said, I know Dave Biddle and, uh, and Bax did a, a podcast, the BM5 this morning, talking about, is it championship or bust for Ohio State? And first of all, I want to wait until I see, you know, kind of everything come together in the spring before I do that. But with the approach that Ryan Day's taken, it's certainly part of the conversation. And, you know, I'm, I'm an LA Rams fan. They did this 
a few years ago, right? That, that year they ended up winning the Super Bowl, and it works when it's great. It's great when it works out like that. Um, but you look at, you know, to stick with the NFL, you look at a team like the Denver Broncos who made a huge trade for uh, Russell Wilson, Cleveland Browns closer to home, go all in with, with Deshaun Watson. Those haven't worked out. And the NFL is obviously different. Professional sports is different. You know, you've given up draft picks and things like that. If you're Ohio State, you're not giving anything up. You can still recruit. You can still pull from the transfer portal. So you're not risking as much. But what does it mean for Ryan Day in this program? If they have all this talent returning, they've recruited all of these guys from the transfer portal. Uh, you know, they've maybe risked some of that culture that, that families liked so much about Ohio State to become a program where your culture is winning at the highest level, an Alabama, a Georgia, a Clemson at one point. Um, you know, when, when you're winning at that level, if you recruit over some guys, it's not the end of the world if those guys leave because you're just stockpiling talent because you've been winning, you know, Big Ten titles. You've been competing every year for a national championship, things like that. And Ryan Day may have sacrificed some of that. And, you know, Ryan Day's the head coach. I'm not putting this all on him, but he's the final call on these things. You may have sacrificed some of that to win. And if you don't, could it cost Ryan Day his job at the end of 2024 if the Buckeyes don't beat Michigan? I think they will. But if or if they don't win the Big Ten title for some reason, if they don't make a deep run at the very least, in the 12 team college football playoff. And, you know, if you come into that season, really thinking national championship or bust and Ryan day has some issues during the year, is that the end for Ryan day? We'll have to wait and see, obviously, but I, I think it certainly feels like Ryan day sees that pressure, feels that pressure and sees an opportunity to, like I said, push all his chips to the middle of the table and try and really make really swing at this thing. But if you don't do it, if you don't get to the mountaintop after you do that, what's next? Uh, you know, you're going to lose a lot of talent from this 2024 team. That senior class will be gone. Uh, those guys that have come back, you're going to lose Will Howard for the NFL. Um, you, you're going to lose possibly Quinshon Judkins. Uh, he's he's going into his junior season, so I think the I think it's a a big risk here to a risk that could pay off in a very big way and certainly has the potential to pay off in a very big way. But when you take these big swings in sports, if it doesn't work out, you're left kind of sitting there wondering what could have been. Um, and, you know, it doesn't take much in college football. Now, um, with with the way things are set up, I mean, you, you look back at Ohio State teams in the past, that 2015 team may have been the most talented team in Ohio State history didn't get a shot at a national championship because of one loss. Now, obviously one loss won't cost you the same way it used to with the, the 12 team playoff. Um, but if you get to the 12 team playoff and you lose in the first or, or if you get a buy and lose in the second round, you know, maybe there's an injury, who knows what happens. Um, it's, you know, when it's all or nothing, you, uh, you just really hope that the all happens because the nothing feels a lot worse in, in those in those senses, but I do like the aggressive approach. I've seen some, I see some of your comments here. I don't want to say, you know, I think the Buckeyes are doing the right thing here by, by going all in on this season, because I do think there is, you know, there's always an opportunity to win a national championship when you're at Ohio state. But I think that opportunity is even greater 
this year, not only because of all the talent you have, but you know, Nick Saban's gone, right? That's one of the, the toughest teams in the country that you have to climb over typically or you know get through to, to win a national championship. Michigan should be significantly um, you know, depleted from, from the talent they had this year and probably won't have their head coach. So, you know, there's a real opportunity. And I think it's it's a good thing that Ryan Day is doing it. You just have to make the most of it, maximize that opportunity, so to speak. Um, and then I also wanted to touch on that Michigan, that question about if Michigan uh, has players enter the transfer portal, if Jim Harbaugh goes. I think this is a world I, I where you just have to be willing to accept that things are going to be different, right? There have been players that have played for both Ohio State and Michigan, not many, but there've been some and, you know, that's rare, but accepted. It's going to be more common in the future. um, I think, especially young guys that maybe were recruited by both schools, go to one school, doesn't work out. You know, you, you see, you look across the, the border, the state border, and you see at Ohio state or the other way around, you see at Michigan an opportunity especially kids that, that maybe didn't grow up with the rivalry and even some that did that, you know, realized that that's the best opportunity for their career. I think that there is that you're going to see more of that. Now, will that happen this year with, with if, and when Jim Harbaugh takes a job in the NFL, we'll see. Um, it would not surprise me if Michigan promotes Sharon Moore to head coach. And then there's still a lot of continuity within that program. And a lot of guys choose to say some guys will enter the transfer portal. And, you know, I don't think Ohio state will hesitate to give those guys a phone call when they do. Um, But I don't think you'll see like a max mass exodus of Michigan players heading to Columbus this off season. Um, You know, there may not even be a mass exodus of players. Those that are left on the Michigan roster hitting the transfer portal if, if Michigan handles things the right way, but we'll see, we'll see how it all goes. Um, I saw some questions in the, in the live chat here that I wanted to hit on um, from earlier on. If you have any more questions, feel free to throw those in there. Now I'll, I'll try and get to some of those. Um, first one was from Robert McIntosh. Do you see any more coaching changes? So just to recap so far guys out Parker Fleming, Perry Eliano, and then guys in, Bill O'Brien, Matt Guerreri, um, and then there's still this open spot sitting out there. And technically, I guess, the Buckeyes could keep Corey Dennis on the offensive staff full t- as a full-time coach, uh, but it didn't sound like, and you know, that would fill that spot, but it didn't sound like uh, when, when it said he was going to, he would likely take a yet to be determined role. And I use quotes because that's exactly what the wording was in the press release um, that Dennis was, was going to remain as a full-time coach. We've talked about it. I think we talked about it last week. You can, you could promote James Laurinaitis uh, to whatever role of linebackers coach, whatever you want it to be on the defensive staff. Um, the, the route that it seems like the Buckeyes are looking to take is to add a like a assistant defensive line coach uh, to to the staff, somebody who could be the successor to Larry Johnson, and you know you kind of have somebody there to point to and say, you know, hey, yes, you've you've heard Larry's going to retire. He's not retiring anytime soon, but when he does, this guy is in place and he's already recruiting you. You know him. 
Um, and, you know, the name that's been thrown around a lot, uh, the name that we've heard is Jason Taylor. He's coaching at Miami where, you know, what that, what, whether or not that comes to fruition, we're still waiting to see. I think that would be a really interesting one, but beyond that, I doubt we'll see any more coaching changes. I know some people thought maybe Bill O'Brien would bring in an offensive line coach. I don't see that happening from, from everything I understand. Things can change, uh, but I think Justin Fry will remain in his role and I don't see any other uh, changes there. So maybe one more is, uh, is what I would say. Robert also had another question. He asked about the Michigan thing. Um, offensive line specifically, and that's why I brought this back up again, would be interesting. Obviously, Michigan's had a lot of success on the offensive line of late. Um, I think if you're Ohio State and you have an opportunity to land a offensive lineman who you think could come in and start right away, you go out and do it because you need that offensive line to be improved. And that takes us to Mark Hines' comment. None of it matters if the O-line stinks. They need to add at least two more big-time transfer portal recruits on the O-line. I disagree with you a little bit there, uh, Mark. I think they certainly would like to add one. Um, but I also know that they are high on a guy like Luke Montgomery, who didn't play. He played some last year as kind of that sixth offensive lineman that would come in in heavy packages. But that's a guy I think probably needs to get on the field this season. And I think he could be a, a big part of this offensive line. So, you know, don't forget about the guys in the program that are working every day to develop. Uh, the transfer portal is a nice tool, but I don't think you need to completely forget about what, what you've worked on when you've recruited these guys. And Luke Montgomery is a guy they very much like. Um, it's just me, Tim, 79. Um, he's asked, with Bill O'Brien, can Ryan Day devote more time to, to QB developing since that's what he's really good at? Uh, I don't think that that is the intent here. I think the intent is to have Ryan Day focus on more of the big picture stuff. And while he'll still work with offense and quarterbacks, he Bill O'Brien is a guy who's worked with and had a lot of success with quarterbacks. Um, you know, there's a guy named Tom Brady who... Yes, Tom Brady is Tom Brady, but that went pretty well. Deshaun Watson early in his career, um, you know, had a Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama. So in Bryce Young. So, you know, I think Bill O'Brien will, will be the guy who works the most quarterbacks. Not to say Ryan Day won't. He's definitely not going to completely disappear from the quarterback or offensive meeting rooms. But I don't think that the intent to bring in Bill O'Brien is to have Ryan Day work with quarterbacks more so than uh, he has, I think they will have Bill O'Brien do a lot of the day-to-day -day work with those guys. Um, let's see if we got any more questions in here. Um, uh, Jermaine H. Runnels, when is Holtman relieved of his duties? Uh, I, uh, it's getting harder and harder to defend Chris Holtman as Ohio State's coach is starting to feel a lot like the end of the Thad Mata era where things just, you could see that they should be better, but they weren't. Um, and, you know, I think there's still positivity left in this program, but for whatever reason, they're not getting it done on the court and there's too much talent there. So we'll see how the season finishes. I don't believe he will be gone before the end of the year. I don't think, Gene Smith is going to pull the plug because, um, you know, he's going, he's an outgoing guy. Ross Bjork won't be in until May. Um, 
or March, excuse me. And, you know, I think you kind of let this season play out and make a move once the off season begins um, and go from there. I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a tricky situation for sure. Jonathan Dickens, Pat, who in your opinion is better QB say or Nolan? I'm going to be honest with you. I have only seen both of these guys play um, on television. I think once or twice each. And then, you know, just the highlight tapes that they put online. Obviously I am not primarily a recruiting guy, so I don't spend as much time on those guys, but from the people I've talked about, from the stuff I've read, talking to Bill Curlick, some of our other guys who have watched both guys play. Um, I think Saiyan has definitely a, a bit more pop with his throw. Um, you know, he seems a little bit more advanced than, than Air Nolan. Now I still think Air Nolan is very good and, you know, can, can potentially be a star at Ohio state as well. Um, I just think from what people have said, Saiyan is maybe a little bit further ahead than, than Air Nolan is at this point. Now you, uh, you have to, you know, let them get in there, let them compete, let them develop. Um, you know, I think that uh, that will that will be the uh, the ultimate sign of of who wants to compete, who thinks they can compete, those type of things. And I think the uh, we'll let this play out. Who who is the better quarterback? But you know, there was a reason. Julian Sand was ranked higher, I guess, is kind of how I would respond to that without trying to express to pretend to be any sort of expert on on either guy, having just watched them a couple times each. Um, Darius Key, do you think Hayden down Hayden will transfer? I think it's up to Ohio State to explain to down Hayden what his role is going to be and in 2024 and kind of see how the spring plays out. Um the, you know, it's, it's been a weird situation with Dallin Hayden, why he hasn't played more in his first two seasons is confusing to me. I think he has a lot of talent. Clearly there's something holding him back over there at the Woody Hayes athletic center that, that we're not privy to. I know there was talk about fumbling maybe his freshman year. Ryan Day sort of pushed back on that. Um, pass blocking is something that's come up, but at points it just seemed like it made sense to put a guy like that out there and they just weren't doing it. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I think if you can convince him, convince Dallin Hayden that there is a role for him in this offense, despite having two other running backs, more experienced running backs ahead of him. And look, I think you don't need to look very far. Just look up North to a team that used three running backs this year. Now, one of them didn't play as much, but um, you know, they did use three guys. I think there is a uh, there is a a way to keep Dallin Hayden involved. And look, both you know Trayvon Henderson is done after twenty twenty four. Quinchon Judkins can and I would imagine probably will leave after um, after this season. So look, if you can keep uh, keep Dallin Hayden involved enough to you know his liking this season. Then he's the guy next year. Um, yeah, I guess looking at the Michigan stats, I guess um, Mullings only had 36 carries, but he did have more carries towards the end of the season. I do think it's a little bit more complicated to use three running backs than two, obviously. But I think 
there is a way to do it. We've seen it before in the past. Um, Heath Swords asked, has Bill O'Brien's contract information been released yet? It has not, at least as far as I've seen. And let's see if there's uh, see if there's anything else here. It looks like we've covered most of it. So um, we're going to get out of here a, uh, a little bit shorter than some of our last uh, last few podcasts, but uh, we're still still a little over 50 minutes. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I enjoy doing this every week with you guys and the news just keeps on coming. I think we've reached a point where things are starting to slow down. We haven't had any breaking news in a few days. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Um, you know, again, if Harbaugh enters or if Harbaugh moves on, then you have a whole nother month of possible transfer portal guys. But you know where to find the information on Bucknuts and uh, 24-7 Sports. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll keep you abreast of anything that's coming. And uh, as always, enjoy this time. It's, it's fun to think about what can happen at this time of year. We'll get into more of, of the nitty-gritty going forward um, as we get into spring ball and, and obviously moving close to the season. But you know, I think Buckeye fans should be pretty damn excited right now. I really do because – there's a lot of lot of good things happening. We'll see how it all works come 2024, but there's there's a reason for excitement. Don't let anyone uh, say that you say that you shouldn't be excited or you know people celebrating a an off season national championship. This is part of the fun of being a sports fan and and enjoy it. You know now you've got kind of a free agency in college football and it's working out for the Buckeyes right now. So anyway. Thanks again to Timmy. Thanks to everyone who tuned in live or listened to this show after the fact. Again, I'm Patrick Murphy with 24-7 Sports and Bucknuts. Cheers. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.